0: Good afternoon, Lafayette. Welcome to, Joe, to the Joe Cunningham show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, it is exciting to be here today. We have uh, over on Facebook asked the question uh, or the questions, did you qualify for student loan forgiveness or did you have your student loans paid off? And how do you feel about Biden's plan? And there is uh, a lot of outrage On our Facebook page, uh, our our Facebook page, KPEL News, if you want to go find that on Facebook. Uh, And you know what? That outrage actually matches what you're seeing, not just from the Republicans, but from the media and from the Democrats as well. Listen to this. The Washington Post, which is not by any means a right of center publication, trying to fix these problems by making it even more attractive to borrow money is like trying to quit smoking by switching to unfiltered cigarettes. When you're doing something destructive, your best bet is to stop. But if you can't manage that, you should at least refrain from making the problem worse. That's the editorial board of the Washington Post. The Wall Street Journal also just excoriated the plan. Worse than the cost is the moral hazard and awful precedent this sets. Those who will pay for this write-off are tens of millions of Americans who didn't go to college or repaid their debt or skimped and saved to pay for college or chose lower-cost schools to avoid a debt trap. This is a college graduate bailout paid for by plumbers and FedEx drivers. But even Democrats who are running for reelection understand that this can actually blow up in the Democratic Party's faces. Uh, Tim Ryan, who's running for Senate against J.D. Vance in Ohio, released a critical statement saying waiving debt for those already on a tra- trajectory to financial security sends the wrong message to millions of Ohioans without a degree working just as hard to make ends meet. Uh, Catherine Cortez Masto, uh, I've talked about her before, running for reelection in Nevada for the U.S. Senate up against Adam Lexalt in that state, released a statement saying, I don't agree with today's executive action because it doesn't address the root problems that make college unaffordable. Democrat, New Hampshire uh, Representative Chris Pappas running in a swing district. This announcement by President Biden is no way to make policy and sidesteps Congress and our oversights and fiscal responsibilities. Any plan to address student debt should go through the legislative process, and it should be more targeted and paid for so it doesn't add to the deficit. Colorado Senator Michael Bennett, facing a competitive race in a state Biden carried by 13 points, said relief should have been more targeted and that the administration should have laid out how they're going to pay for it. Even Democrats, even the Washington Post, even commentary on MSNBC has been highly critical or at least highly skeptical of this decision. The Biden administration just jumped right into the deep end of progressive activist politics without weighing the effect that it would actually have on voter morale across the voter spectrum. The Democrats may have just hurt themselves here. In fact, I I really think they have. Nancy Pelosi is now out saying, oh, yeah, this is perfectly fine. But as you know, we played the audio yesterday and I think Moon played it today. You know, Nancy Pelosi a year ago saying that any decision like this has to go through Congress. Biden can't just do this unilaterally. Now, how do you feel? Most of you listening Either know somebody or are related to somebody, or you are somebody who served in Afghanistan or Iraq post 9 11. The bill, the, the law that the Biden administration is using to justify this action is a law that was passed to help soldiers fighting in Afghanistan and Iraq. When they come home because they went overseas to be able to pay off those student loan debts. The law itself was for times of military action or national emergency. And the national emergency they're claiming right now is COVID 19. The panic over COVID 19 is now being used to activate a law that was originally for those serving in the military post 9-11. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about a law that was meant for our servicemen and women being co-opted to help a bunch of post-grad students pay off student loan debts when they are already set to be making a lot more money than a lot of those who are going to foot the bill for this? This is a policy that asks a plumber who may make as much as $75,000 a year to pay the student loan debt of a first or second year lawyer making $100,000 a year. It's not just wrong, it's immoral. Every taxpayer in some way is going to be on the hook for this. It's going to add at least $300 billion in debt. How is it going to be paid for? And yet there are people out there who are making the argument that this is the moral thing to do. It is the moral, it is the right, it is the just thing to do for the government to just say, you know what, you don't have to pay for it. And you all know what's going to happen next. You all know know that the very next step is that colleges are going to raise tuition. And they're going to make more money off of this because the Pandora's box has been opened. You do it once, the government will feel free to do it again. All because several years ago, Barack Obama federalized the student loan system. And it opened the door for Joe Biden to be able to do this and it will continue to be a way for Democrats to be able to try and let's face it, buy votes. And not just any votes, mind you. It's going to buy the ultra-progressive votes. The people who are already going to vote for them, but weren't really all that enthusiastic about voting for them. It's going to secure their base at the expense of the moderates and those swinging toward the GOP because they don't trust the Democrats right now. And at the expense of hardworking blue-collar American voters. And so any benefit the Democrats think that they are seeing from uh, a post-Dobbs America, post-Roe America, any benefit they think they're seeing from any of these other issues is going to completely be hurt by this policy. This was a mistake, an immoral and unjust mistake. 232-1542. 232-1542. Call in if you want to be part of the program. You can also send a message if you're listening through the KPL app. Just send a message through there. Uh, feature your comments on the air there. And the show notes are live at kpal965.com if you want to uh, see all of the topics for the day. Let's go ahead and take this break. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232. 1542. Sorry. Uh, I went blank there for a second. I'm not sure why. Uh, you know, there there's a very good point one person on Facebook just made. Again, if you go to KPL News on Facebook, you'll, you'll find the, the question. Uh, one person posts, I couldn't afford to go to college, therefore I didn't go. Now I get to pay for others who couldn't afford to go to college, to go to college, but still went. Doesn't seem quite right. Absolutely stellar point. Uh, lots of people making their voices heard on Facebook. Be sure you go out there and uh, visit the the app chat on our, the Cape app if you're listening through there. Um, one part, in fact, Andy sending in a message on the app. Uh, I don't agree with it for many uh, reasons, but if it comes to be, will the colleges forgive any of this debt? No. Colleges won't forgive any of the debt. What they're going to do is they're going to raise the tuition, because now they have no incentive to cut down on tuition because if the government's going to make it easier for people to pay off their student loans, then they can make more money off of it. That's going to be the result here. There, there are experts out there right now saying that. In fact, let me find that story. Uh, it's in the links of the day in my show notes. I think it was. No, wait, I didn't include that link, but I know where to find it. Yeah, so... Uh, The, there are experts who are right now saying that this will actually cause a spike in college tuitions. Um, according to the Penn Wharton budget model, the handout will cost around 300 billion for taxpayers and will increase to around 330 billion if the program is continued over the standard 10 year budget window. Uh, Several experts in college tuition and in these college financial issues spoke with Fox Business. Uh, Brian Riedel, a senior fellow in the budget, tax and economic policy of the Manhattan Institute, says students will likely feel liberated to borrow more money on the assumption of future loan forgiveness and universities will take advantage of the additional borrowing by raising tuition. This is pretty similar to the fact that historically 60 percent of all student aid increases have been captured with tuition hikes. And this will be treated like an increase in student aid moving forward, which suggests that 60 percent will be countered by tuition hikes. Rydell was always was also referring to the so-called Bennett hypothesis and saying that that was tested in 2015 by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, which determined that increases in subsidized loans resulted in tuition hikes. Of up to $0.60 cents on the dollar, and unsubsidized loans led to hikes of up to $0.15 cents on the dollar. So yes, because the government is making it easier for people to pay off their loans and making students more comfortable in taking out more loans, then college is going to be respond by raising tuition to capture more money out of that. You know where this is going to go too. This is going to lead to Republicans saying we need to go ahead and start seizing the endowment of some of these big universities. A lot of these universities have major endowments. Harvard has major endowments. That money can be used as the basis for student loans. The money is just sitting there in a bank account. Otherwise, why not use that? Why not have the universities loan out the money themselves? Because you know They won't start hiking tuitions if they're the ones who are handing out the money to these students in loans, knowing full well that these students don't always make the right financial decisions. But that's where we are right now. We are at a point where the Biden administration is going to make people working middle-class jobs pay for the student loans of people working white-collar jobs, working in law, working in medicine. The plumber pays off the student loan of the doctor. How is that right? And in the end, it's just going to lead to more student debt. Democrats are noting it. The Washington Post is noting it. People at MSNBC are noting it. And the Biden administration is just sitting in its ivory tower completely unconcerned with this. Because they've been told by progressive activists, no, no, this is a great thing. Universally, this is a great thing. Everybody's going to love you for it. And then what happens? Well, then we're all going to be in deeper debt. And the money is going to have to come from somewhere. So the government's going to borrow more. And in order to pay off any of the money that's being spent on it, on things like this, your taxes are going to go up. It's fine to do this. It's fine for the government to do this when the bill's not the bill's not due. We don't know what the final bill is going to look like when America has to face down a lot of this spending it doesn't need to be doing. We don't know what that's finally going to look like, but it's not going to look good. From the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, canceling student debt would undermine the Inflation Reduction Act. Really seems impossible because the Inflation Reduction Act undermined itself by not reducing inflation. But the Committee for a, for a Responsible Federal Budget put out a study, put out charts and everything that shows the recently passed IRA will reduce budget deficits by roughly $275 billion while pushing fiscal policy in the right direction to assist the Federal Reserve in its fight against inflation. That's what they say. But the announcement from the White House to offer across-the-board student debt cancellation could undermine the bill's disinflationary gains and deficit reduction. Funny. The government spending more money, just throwing more money out there, is actually going to make inflation worse. Who could have possibly guessed that one? Simply extending the current repayment pause through the end of the year could cost $20 billion, the equivalent to the total deficit reduction from the first six years of the Inflation Reduction Act by the committee's rough estimates. Cancelling $10,000 per person of student loan debt for households making below $300,000 a year would cost roughly $230 billion. Combined, these policies would consume nearly 10 years of deficit reduction from the inflatable... uh, From inflatable... Oh, God, I'm tired. The Inflation Reduction Act. This move completely gets rid of any benefit the Democrats were saying the Inflation Reduction Act would have on inflation. And yet they're all out there cheering it. All the progressives and the, the Democratic leaders, all of them clapping, clapping like little seals. Yay, yay, we did it. 232-1542. Two, two, We've got... Uh, We've got some time after the bottom of the hour news break. I want to take your calls in. So if you're on the lines, hang out there. Send a message through the KPEL app. (laughs) And uh, we will take your calls and comments here after the break right here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Uh, In the meantime, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham. Reach out to me there, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show as well. We'll be back after this bottom of the hour news break and your commodities report right here on KPEL News uh, News Talk 96.5. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk ninety six point five KPEL two three two fifteen forty two. If you want to call and be part of the conversation, we'll still take your calls uh, and your messages on the uh, on the student loan situation. Uh, but there is some other news out there that I want to get to. Uh, John Bell Edwards has now uh, made some comments about the uh, the bond commission issue with the city of New Orleans now. If you've missed this story, basically what's been happening is Jeff Landry has been very adamant that the, bond, the the state bond commission should not extend a line of credit to the city of New Orleans after New Orleans city leaders said they're not going to enforce Louisiana state law on abortion. And Landry's made the argument that, well, if you're not going to follow state law, you don't get you're, you're the state's not going to extend you that line of credit. You're not going to get the funding for these infrastructure projects. Uh, it's been controversial to say the least. I've seen a lot on social media, uh, uh, you know, from people who live in and around the new Orleans area who are upset about it, people outside of the new Orleans area who were upset about it. Uh, and I've also seen a lot of support from Republicans. I mean, it, it is one of those issues that you may not think about a whole lot, but there are people who are paying attention to the headlines enough to, to talk about it. Um, this, I think, uh, Is going to is actually a problem for John Bill Edwards, though. It's a misguided effort from the beginning to ever use the bond commission and any of the work it does to send a political message to anyone for any reason. Governor Edwards said Tuesday at a press conference with the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Mayorkas was asked to weigh in, but deferred comment on Louisiana's messy politics to state leadership Emergency management is not a partisan issue. He said it speaks to the health and well-being of the residents of the city and the state. Um, Edwards jumping in, though, you know, he's he's made himself and he he talked about being a pro-life governor and all that, but he's taking a side here that I don't think is the right side for him. Uh, You are the governor of the state of Louisiana. Part of the job is that you are insured, that that you ensure through your office that Louisiana's laws are implemented and executed. And if the laws of the state are not being implemented and executed, you need to do your job and make sure that happens. And New Orleans has flat out said, we're not going to uh, enforce or execute the laws that you've put into place, the law that, that Edwards himself signed. It's New York. Again, not enough sleep. It's New Orleans that's made this a political issue. By making the issue of the law political and saying we're not going to follow a state law, they have disqualified themselves. I think rightly, you know, I I agree with Landry, They uh, they have disqualified themselves from state funding. Now, it is a tricky situation because we're at the peak of hurricane season. There are two tropical movements out in the Gulf that that NOAA and other agencies are looking at, the National Hurricane Center is looking at. Uh, And infrastructure improvements for the city of New Orleans are desperately needed to make sure that they aren't constantly being flooded by these major storms. But you chose to not enforce state law. You're not, you're not guaranteed, you're, you don't have a, a right to state money simply because you exist, the state can decide, and the state's bond commission does make those decisions, what lines of credit can be extended, what funding can go out in those situations. And New Orleans disqualified themselves. Uh, Scott McKay at the Hayride wrote about this a little while ago. If they won't implement the law, then it's John Bell Edwards' duty to force them to. The relationship between city and parish governments in the state of Louisiana is not like the relationship between states and the federal government. A city or parish is subservient to the division of, is a subservient division of the state. They can't just nullify a state law. So Jeff Landry and the majority of the Bond Commission shouldn't even be in this picture. This is John Bell Edwards' problem. The reason Landry and the others are even involved is that John Bell Edwards has been sitting on his rear end doing nothing while a mayor, district attorney, and sheriff openly flout and combat a state law duly passed that the Louisiana Supreme Court just affirmed to be legitimate, though final disposition of the case is perhaps still pending. And McKay's right. This is John Bell Edwards' job to make sure that this law is is enforced, is executed throughout the state. And the city of New Orleans is openly flaunting that law and openly saying they will not enforce that law. So the issue is before the Bond Commission, and the Bond Commission is taking action because John Bell Edwards isn't. And this is really one of those situations where It's going to benefit Jeff Landry. Jeff Landry comes out the winner in this. If you'll recall, John Schroeder actually chastised Jeff Landry for making this a political issue in the bond commission and several others. Uh, Kyle Ardwin came out and said, no, this is the appropriate place for it. Uh, and, and Schroeder bagged out. He Schroeder ended up voting, uh, uh, Voting with Jeff Landry on it. I mean, the, the bond commission has deferred it twice now. They will meet again soon. Uh, Edwards said in his statements that he thinks that by the next meeting it will be approved. But now it's become a major story throughout the state. There are several outlets that have picked this up on more than one occasion. It's now become a story where Jeff Landry is shown once again out there fighting to implement the law. And the Republican voters in the state will love it. And John Bell Edwards is out there eh, kind of deferring, not really enforcing state law. And a lot of Republicans will see that. And the Democrats aren't really going to care all that much outside of the city of New Orleans, which has its own problems anyway. And most people aren't going to care about New Orleans aside from the crime issues going on there right now. So it's not like John Bell Edwards, who's not even running for re-election anyway, gets any sort of victory out of this. Jeff Landry is the only one who gets any positive PR, PR from it. But yeah, this is John Bell Edwards' job. He should be enforcing the law. You may not like the law, but you should be working to undo the law. You shouldn't have signed the law if you didn't. Th- if you thought that cities should be able to get away without doing anything about it. If you think cities can openly flaunt the law, that they shouldn't be forced to do it. You shouldn't have signed it into law in the first place. That's where John Bell Edwards is. That's what he's up Mm -hmm. to. This wasn't the Bond Commission. This wasn't Jeff Landry who who politicized this. This is on the city of New Orleans for saying we're not going to enforce a state law. And it is on John Bell Edwards who did nothing about that. John Bell Edwards and his office should have immediately said, "Ah, uh, this is state law. You've got to do. You, you've got to enforce it." And the fact that he didn't, and the fact that it's now a state bond commission issue, is entirely on him. But hey, at least John Bell Edwards is on his way out the door. We are a year away from that election to figure out who replaces him, and right now, with this and with everything else. It looks like it's Jeff Landry's race to lose. Now, that can change depending on what the Democrats can, can pull out of their hats or elsewhere between now and then. But it doesn't look good for the Democrats. It's Jeff Landry's race to lose. And frankly, the Republican Party is poised often enough to, to screw that up. But I, I, I find it very hard to believe right now that Jeff Landry is in any worse a position for this. John Bell Edwards and the Democrats and the city of New Orleans are in a worse position for it. John Schroeder didn't exactly help himself when he initially opposed Jeff Landry's rhetoric only to vote with him. But this is an issue that helps Jeff Landry. And it's an issue that frankly shouldn't have even gotten to the bond commission in the first place. 232-1542. If you want to call in, be part of the program. When we come back, Texas is now taking action against financial institutions that are supporting this ESG movement. We'll see what they're doing. And, you know, shout out to John Schroeder for what he's done in the past on that and more here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL. Welcome back to The Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232 1542. If you want to call in, be part of the conversation. The state of Texas has named 10 companies as boycotters of the state's energy industry. And by Texas law, That means they will not be doing business with those financial institutions anymore. Uh, The environmental, social, and corporate governance movement has produced an opaque and perverse system in which some financial companies no longer make decisions in the best interest of their shareholders or their clients, Texas Comptroller Glenn Hagar said. Uh, But instead, they use their financial clout to push a social and political agenda shrouded in secrecy. That is, uh, that is a pretty, um, it's, it's, it pretty much hurts all these businesses. BlackRock is one of those businesses. Um, let me find the, the, the rest of the list. Uh, yeah, Black, BlackRock, which has one of the, I think one of the biggest, uh, financial portfolios in the world, uh. It has a, uh, it, 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 it will lose assets in Texas. Texas is a pretty big list. Uh, BlackRock, BNP, um, uh, let's see, UBS Group, several other, uh, Swede Banks, several other foreign banks, financial institutions, BlackRock being one of the global big global ones. Uh, but this is a, this is a good thing. States Republican states are pushing back on the ESG thing now. ESG, if you're if you're not aware, um, ESG is again this uh, environmental, social, and corporate governance uh, measure that financial institutions are implementing at the behest of climate activists and others. Basically, saying, look, if your corporation or if your state deals in things like uh, like uh, carbon emission, uh, carbon emission industry, uh, oil and gas industry, um, if they do not promote social justice in their corporate structure, then they are, uh, then then we're not going to rank them at on our list of of financially of, of good financial institutions. And in fact, uh, Louisiana uh, Treasurer John Schroeder, who we've actually talked about once already today. Uh, wrote a letter to the s and uh, I think back in May, saying that he had concerns that ESG considerations would end up hurting Louisiana's cri- uh, credit rating because we have such a large oil and gas industry presence in the state. Uh, in his letter, Schroeder wrote, I firmly object to S&P Global Ratings publication of ESG credit indicators as part of its credit rating analysis for states. Credit ratings should be and historically have been based on the evaluation or assessment of the likelihood of default. The state of Louisiana has not missed a debt payment or otherwise defaulted in modern times. Our constitutional and statutory protocols and debt limits virtually assure payments are made to bondholders. My 5 years as state treasurer has seen 5 years of strong financial performance and significantly increased reserves. Schroeder's arguing in this letter that by making ESG part of the rating system, it will hurt Louisiana's otherwise pretty good credit rating. And he's right. But this has been a move by the left. BlackRock's been one of the big names behind it, and BlackRock is being chased out of states. They're they're losing business in states because of it, because states are are fighting back. In Texas... Uh, This list of all these financial institutions comes from a law that was passed in September of last year that said any uh, any financial institution that started backing ESG ratings would no longer be allowed to do business in the state of Texas because the state of Texas has so has such a big oil and gas industry presence there like we do here it would end up hurting the state. So we're not going to do any business with those institutions that would hurt our credit rating simply because the oil and gas industry finds a home here. Louisiana needs to make sure that it's doing the same thing. Florida, I believe, is doing the same thing. Lots of places around the country, Republican-controlled states, are making this effort because the ESG uh, uh, the uh, credit ratings uh, analysis is bogus. And here's how you know it's bogus. I've mentioned this before. Tesla was delisted from a credit ratings analysis. Not because they aren't climate friendly. It's Tesla. It's the electric vehicle market that they built. But because Elon Musk... Decided that he was not going to follow the wokes or cancel culture because he wanted to buy Twitter and make it a platform that was centered around free speech and stating whatever you like. Mysteriously, Tesla wasn't listed as on the on the top uh, on, on on companies with top credit ratings. They were delisted from those lists because of ESG because it was the social and corporate governance side of that analysis that he was violating. It's complete nonsense. States will be hurt. Their credit ratings will be hurt because of these judgments from these financial institutions and the states need to fight back. But the climate cult is going to have its way one way or another, unless these states fight back. In On a related note, speaking of the climate cult, did you know that California, which barely has enough energy to power its homes in a regular year, now wants to ban the sale of gas-powered vehicles? They want to ban gas-powered vehicles so people only buy electric vehicles. And they are going to put more people with electric vehicles on their power grid, which they can't even keep operating During the summer when they have uncontrollable wildfires, which also wouldn't be a problem had the climate environmentalists had the climate activists not blocked the building of reservoirs for decades in California. Because it might hurt some trees. But California is the place where all these progressive ideas go to get implemented and they are horribly implemented and they fail and then the progressives want to expand that to the rest of the country. So now you have places like Texas and Florida and hopefully Louisiana that are going to uh, look at all this and say, you know what? No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to take part in this foolishness. If you want to support uh, ESG credit analysis, that's fine. You're not doing business here. You're not going to hurt the credit ratings of our state and get away with it. We're not just going to take that from you. The climate activists, the cult of climate change has to be fought because their entire purpose is to fundamentally reshape America in ways it cannot handle and will collapse under. That'll do it for the Joe Cunningham Show today. 23 hours until we're back again to wrap up the week. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham show. You can email me Joe at redstate.com and i'll talk to you guys again here on the joe cunningham show news talk 96.5 kpl